fourth quarter here on Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Big fella, hopefully we're better than Chris Paul has been in the last two games in the fourth quarter where he combined for a total of five points and three assists. And, and <laughs> Didn't as, play in the fourth quarter a whole lot the other day. Well, yeah, exactly. Fouled out with nine minutes left thanks to that, that no-brainer foul that he committed on Jalen Brunson. I just don't understand it. But uh, the series shifts back to Phoenix. We're talking about the Suns dropping two games in a row. The last time the Suns lost three games in a row, you got to go back to last year's NBA Finals. So that is not something that they do very often, and you wouldn't expect them to do that because you're talking about them being coached by Monty Williams, who, oh, by the way, just won NBA Coach of the Year for this past season. So what I will ask you is this. Of the players that are involved in this series or the coaches involved in this series, is there anyone under more pressure in Game 5 than Chris Paul? Yes. And it's Tyler Hero. Look, no, I'm talking about in this particular series, Suns Mavs. Suns Mavs? No. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I, mis- I misconstrued the question. No, I, I don't think so. Because, listen, I, I think Devin Booker's an amazing player. I think Luka Doncic is a tremendous, tremendous player. I think there's some pressure on some of the guys around him to deliver. But as far as this series, I don't know how you can say anybody else. Yeah, because Chris Paul is the guy that has that albatross around his neck of not having the championship. And then every other time he's had the opportunity getting hurt in these spots. And then he comes off that kind of a performance and you're going to hear it again and again. Now, personally, I'm expecting him to respond well tonight. Mm-hmm. I expect a double double in terms of points and assists. And I think that's 20 points and 10 assists tonight at some point uh, at, at some level, I should say. Yeah, but. No. In this series, no, absolutely not. There's nobody else with as much pressure. He's got all of it going for him, Carlin. And we said last year was his best chance to win a championship. I feel like we were wrong. I think it's this year. I think the team that's around him this year is actually better than the one last year. Not only do they have the experience of rolling through the playoffs and being in the NBA Finals, but those players are more defined in their roles. Monty Williams is a year more seasoned as the head man, and Devin Booker, you're talking about him being an all-NBA performer this season. And I like the road a little bit more simply for this reason. These teams in the East are beating up on each other. Oh, no doubt. They are They are pounding each other. Yeah. And while they're having their troubles right now with Dallas, I ultimately still believe they will get over the hump with Dallas, and I still believe that they will make it to the finals. Well, speaking of having troubles, we got trouble on the horizon for the yep. Memphis Grizzlies with their point guard, John ja Morant. The Grizzlies announced that John Morant has a bone bruise in his knee and is doubtful for the remainder of the playoffs. Now, big fella, it didn't say the remainder of this series. They're saying the remainder of the playoffs. So even if Memphis was able to rattle off three straight wins, which we don't think they'll do against Golden State, you're talking about them having to go without John Morant the rest of the way. So that all but ends their championship aspirations. Wrap it up. Take the balloons down, shut down Beale Street. This one is over. Really? So no party at the Peabody. This is over. No. It's a wrap. No. Do we it's get done. do we get back to San Francisco? No. So this is over in game five. Good night. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is something. And look, I don't think it's being outlandish to say it. I think the I think the Warriors, when you have something like this, they should have been smelling blood already. And you already have a team that is mentally wounded coming off of a game that there is no question they feel like they should have won.
Yeah. And they didn't. And now you have to go and do it without Morant again. Chris, there's, there's just no way. There's no way. There's there's no way that they're going to get it done. But Carl, there's no I, way they're going to win a game. No, I'm, I'm. Here's what I'll say: They're 20 and six without John Moran in the lineup. But so you, I don't want to. Okay. I don't want to dismiss the possibility of them being able to rally around each other and find a way with the crowd, the home crowd, and that kind of energy. I don't want to dismiss the possibility of them pushing it to a six game. Although I think it's not likely. But this is much different than when. Uh, they came here in games one and two, and we thought, all right, maybe they'll lose game two, the Warriors. Yeah. Because, well, they already came and did what they, they had they to came, do. They got yeah, what exactly. they came to get. Yeah. That's not this. This is, no, let's step on their necks here so we get a couple extra days to chill out and get ready because we all know that the extra days off are going to benefit the Warriors. Not to mention the extra days off giving Steve Kerr an opportunity to get back right off of COVID and mm-hmm. come back and be on the sidelines. And we know how big of a difference it makes when he's the head coach. No disrespect to Mike Brown. So I'm with you on that in a championship team, championship pedigree team like Golden State is. They see the value in that. But looking at where the Memphis Grizzlies go from here, because we're, we're both acknowledging that they're probably going to get bounced in this round. They have a decision to make when it comes to John Morant this offseason. I mean, he's eligible for a five-year, $181.5 million deal. Now, I don't think it's much of a decision that has to be made. You're going to give him that. But at this point, do you have concerns about John Morant being injury-prone? Not yet. Ooh. Not yet. Okay. All right. Look, I know he missed when he missed this year. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. I, I don't like to hang that on a guy until we're a good three, four years into it. You know? It's going in the wrong direction. It's not though, going Carlin. in the right direction. I mean, I'm not 67 games is rookie year, 63 is second year, and 57 this year. It's not going in the right but, direction. But, 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 Chris, it's not. We're not down in the in the 40 game range. No, you know? I'm, not, I'm not saying we're down in the 40 game range, but it's not like we haven't seen a super athletic point guard have MVP caliber seasons early on in his career and have that derailed by injury. Well, but you know it's what not real, like we've never seen that before. The real problem here is is he is still figuring out how to control his body when he is being as aggressive as he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that it happened the other day on a somewhat aggressive play, true? I mean It did. You know, so But that's how it happened for Derrick Rose too. Yeah. But that Derrick Rose didn't learn it early in his career. Like if I'm John Moran I'd go have a chat with Derrick Rose. <laughs> Seriously, I would have a chat with Derrick Rose like, hey, w- what did you do wrong early in your career? I'm going to put it a little bit nicer than that. But it, didn't do did any, you... it didn't seem like he did anything wrong no, early in his career. But like, let me rephrase <laughs> it. Is there a way that you could have handled yourself differently to avoid injury a little bit better? Yeah. You know, that's what I would be looking at right now if I'm John Moran. I'm not hanging the injury prone on him Yet happens okay. next year, yeah. Then I'm on board. Well, that's I hate to say it, but that's when it happened for Derrick Rose. It's uh, fourth year, so I'm not hanging John out on John. I'm, I'm, I'm not hanging out on John Morant. All I'm simply saying is it has to raise an eyebrow with him having this injury coupled with what we saw him missing weeks in the regular season. And so, with the Memphis Grizzlies dealing with John Morant being out for the remainder of the playoffs. Is this series all but wrapped up for the Golden State Warriors? That's what Carlin and I are pretty much saying about that. We think it's over for them. But the question is, is it over for the Miami Heat? Is all the pressure on them 
as their series shifts back to South Beach. Carlin and I will have the answer. That's coming up next. You're listening to Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. And calling on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We're presented by... Progressive Insurance and ESPN Radio is brought to you by CSX. CSX is hiring. Visit CSX.com slash careers. Big fella and I are reacting to the news that Memphis Grizzlies point guard Ja Morant has been ruled, well, not ruled out, but ruled doubtful for the remainder of the playoffs due to a bone bruise in his knee. And big fella, I have to to correct something that I said earlier. John Morant, this coming summer, is going to be eligible for a five-year $186 million contract extension, so I shorted him about $5 million bucks on the total that I gave out earlier in the show, but this is breaking news around the NBA. It's certainly going to shape the landscape of the NBA playoffs, but most importantly for the Memphis Grizzlies, this is the cornerstone of your franchise moving forward, and now you have to ask the question, is this guy going to be able to stay healthy long-term? I would not hesitate to give him the contract. I would not blink in giving him the contract. That We haven't reached that point for me yet. Yes, five for 186 is a major commitment. There's no doubt. But John Morant is that guy when he's on the court. And I, he does not, and maybe this is just me jumping the gun. If he's going to miss 15 to 20 games a year, that's not ideal, but I can I can deal with it a little bit more if he's going to be healthier during the postseason. Now, this bone bruise here is what bothers you. Mm. You know, if I can't count on him in the postseason, that would be a little bit more concerning. I'm not at the point where I'm the Grizzlies, where I'm thinking twice about giving him the contract. Are you? No, I think you have to give him the contract. That's table stakes. Especially somebody when will talk, in a heartbeat. When you talk about a young superstar, I think he's one of the faces of the NBA already in his third yeah. season. The only question is, do you have to start thinking about how you're going to manage him moving forward? Are you going to manage his oh, minutes? Oh, yeah. Are you going to manage his games? Are we talking about, you know, John Morant having some, off, having some off nights? Yeah, I, I think that has to factor into the math. Because the last thing you want to do is end up in a situation like the Chicago Bulls found themselves with a young MVP like Derrick Rose. Look, I think when we see load management, as much as people hate it, for the most part, it's a pretty good thing for the player. For the most part, it pays off for them in the long run. And I get it. It sucks when you shell out the money and the only game you could go to once a year Let's say that the Grizzlies are coming in to play the Sixers or whoever, and this is your one opportunity to really spend some money, and you want to see one of the great young players in the league, and he's not playing. It sucks. I get it. But at the same time, when it comes to the fans of Memphis, when it comes to the league, when it comes to everybody, we are all much better served watching John Morant in the playoffs as opposed to seeing him miss 15 games 
during the regular season so that we can see him in the playoffs. How concerned should the Memphis Grizzlies be about John ja Morant being injury prone? Hit us up on the CC call in line, triple eight say ESPN. That's eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. And big fella, that is a question that'll undoubtedly be asked all tonight and moving forward throughout the playoffs. Another question that we gotta ask since the Heat are tipping off against the 76ers down in South Beach tonight is has Doc Rivers already saved his job in Philly? Can we stop? No. No. I got to ask the question. No. We're already talking about this series being at least six games. It's at least going to be six games. And you're talking about the Sixers having their best player and a guy that finished second in MVP voting missing the first two of them. We know the series is going six games. As of Friday morning, everybody in Philly wanted Doc Rivers fired. Now everybody's thinking, you know what? All the pressure's on Miami in this series because it feels like the Sixers have grabbed a stranglehold on this thing. So I got to ask the question, has Doc Rivers done his job? Is he saved his job? And if he hasn't, what does he have to do in order to do that? Okay, he got his guy back. Yes. And his guy is playing, and he's healthy, and he's fine. Yes. At this point, like, I don't care about games one and two. Right now, I'm in a best-of-three scenario. And I am, at least in my own mind, a better team than the Miami Heat. I know what the seedings say. Mm-hmm. I understand that. I'm Talent-wise, I am a better team than the Miami Heat. I need to go win this series. I, I'm sorry. I need Doc to win this series. I don't think he has saved it yet. Now, So he's got to win it. Uh, well, here's the trick. Here's the, <laughs> here, but Chris, here's the trick. Philosophically. Should he have saved his job already? No. Has he saved his job by virtue of how much he makes? Maybe. Maybe. Because that, we discussed this the other day. That is going to be a big factor here. As stupid as that is, it's going to be a big factor because Doc is owed $24 million over the next three years, and then you're talking about paying another coach on top of that, which is probably going to cost you Eight million a year for whoever it is. Mm-hmm. And that's only for an equivalent of Doc, if not more. I know it doesn't cost against the cap, but it still costs the money. And so I don't think the Sixers are in any kind of a hurry to do that. Now, well, here's what, I'll, I'll, here's, what I'll, here's what I'll say on that front. If the Sixers are willing to give James Harden a four year extension for $220 million on top of his $47.5 million player. Heretofore known. If they're willing to spend that money on James Harden, then I'm sure they'd be willing to eat the money on Doc Rivers if they feel like they're going to get a coach in there that can get Embiid to the championship rounds in the playoffs. By the way, on Friday, we trademarked this. It is now not the Supermax. In some cases, it will be the Stupid Max. The Stupid Max. And that would be the Stupid Max. The Stupid Max. Yes. I'm just saying. Well, For James Harden, that would be the Stupid Max. Well, maybe James Harden is trying to make his case the last couple of games, just like Doc Rivers is trying to make his I know. case the last couple of games. And and listen, it's absurd. I, I agree. Here's, here's where I'm at, though, Carlin. If you're talking about the Sixers losing to the Miami Heat, who are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference for whatever you think about them, if you're talking about them losing, in seven, in South Beach, in a nail-biter game, after not having Embiid for the first two games of this series. Are you really going to fire Doc Rivers? Yeah. I'll give you, I will give you the one circumstance under which I can guarantee Doc Rivers will be fired. Guarantee. All right, I'm listening. Sixers win game five, go up 3-2, and blow it. 
I mean, you, come you on. have this obsession with Doc Rivers blowing series and leads. I, well, that's, listen, I don't have an obsession you with it. You do have an obsession I read with history it. books. You I've seen it. I've lived it. it. I've watched it. It happens. It's facts. It's what has always happened before. Th- this is what it's makes me obsession. think that you don't like Doc Rivers. This right here is what makes me think that you don't like Doc Rivers. I like Doc mean? Rivers. The man's a delight. Personally, the couple of times I've interacted with him, mm-hmm. I have no issue with that. But I can't ignore, and I won't allow myself to be colored by that when I am, my opinion to be colored by that, when I am evaluating the totality of the picture. Are you going to tell me for a second that if they won game five and then blew the series, that Doc's going to keep his job? That city will be in no, flames. No, 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 no. You can't, you can't lose back-to-back games and one of them be in Philly. No. Not after taking home court advantage. No chance. That city will burn yeah. if Doc keeps his job. Yeah. And I don't mean that literally, but I mean that figuratively. So it matters and what it looks like. Absolutely it does. Yeah. When it's his history and the fact that he has no interest in taking any responsibility for any of them, Yes, it matters. All right, coming up next, Colin and I will talk about another Sixer that's under a lot of pressure as we go into Game 5. That's next. You're listening to Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, Poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Golden State trailed by as many as 12. Trailed at the start of the fourth quarter. And then it just unraveled for the John ja Morant-less Memphis Grizzlies. Curry stumbling along the baseline, regains his balance and shoots a fallaway jumper. Just understand we've been here before. You know, whether we won or lost, the intentions of how we could give ourselves a chance in the fourth quarter was all, you know, all we focused on and then we got it done. Game four goes to the Warriors and they now lead the series three games to one. Steph Curry was grinding last night in the fourth quarter in their win over the Memphis Grizzlies out in the Chase Center to take control of this series 3-1. You're listening to Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. The NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight as the Heat host the Sixers, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 7 Eastern on most ESPN Radio stations. And big fella, we got to talk to a friend of the program, ESPN Radio play-by-play announcer, and the voice that you're going to hear on the call for tonight's game on our air, one Mark Kestisher. And Kesty, it's always great to talk to you. We appreciate you carving out a few minutes before the opening tip. But before we get to the Heat Sixers series, I got to ask you about the breaking news that's coming on the Memphis Grizzlies front. The team announcing that John Morant is doubtful for the remainder of the playoffs with a bone bruise in his knee. How big a blow is this to the Memphis Grizzlies in the playoffs? And how should the Memphis Grizzlies handle John Morant moving forward? I hate to hear that news. Guys, good to be on with you uh, here from Miami. And uh, we had game one, PJ and I, in that series. And Memphis didn't take advantage. Remember of Draymond Green getting ejected from the game uh, right before halftime. And, you know, look, their numbers without Ja this year are almost mind-boggling. I think it was 20-5 and five or 25-5. and five And 
Uh, they led for almost the entirety of the game last night without Morant. And then you're thinking, you know, what a awful result to have in the last minute when, you know, maybe you can even that series up at two. You have home court advantage and you're hoping maybe after the rest Morant will come back and now you're down 3-1 and it's probably the right move. I mean, he was he was being hobbled by that knee injury anyway, came back from it, clearly re-aggravated it. He's, you know, the, the, the future, the present face of the franchise. Um, and those guys will play. They're going to play hard without him. You know, they're in a, a hole that, you know, not many teams have climbed out of at 3-1 anyway. And the future is so bright for Memphis. But I just think, you know, flush right off the bat is you got to think health. He's young. He's so explosive. You know, you don't want anything worse to happen with that knee and obviously the right call. Kesty, the phrase that we heard an awful lot the other day around James Harden's performance was turn back the clock. In your estimation, is that what it was or what was it for James Harden? Was it rediscovering himself or was it one of those things where he was able to summon summon it for one night? You know, what's funny, Chris, is I'm thinking turn back the clock, and I probably said it in my head, too, as I'm watching on the plane flight from Dallas Sunday night. And I'm like, well, we don't have to turn it back that far. I mean, he had some really good games in Brooklyn last year, right? And, uh, you know, Houston wasn't that long ago. But this stretch since he came to Philadelphia in February had gotten to the point where it felt like he's never getting it back again. He's fallen off the cliff, and, you know, we're never going to see that James Harden again. And then, poof, there it is in the fourth quarter. Uh, and, and the big question tonight as we watch him warm up on the court uh, below us right now is, you know, was that the flash in the pan 12 minutes or did he find something against this Miami team? Um, you know, he saw the ball go through four three pointers in that third in that fourth quarter. So maybe that carries over as well. Um, it's just baffling to me that he could have fallen off as quickly as he did. But I'm as interested in anyone, and I think those around the 76ers are as well, to see uh, what the carryover effect is against Miami here on the road. Talking with ESPN Radio play-by-play announcer Mark Kesterser on Canty and Carlin. And, Mark, if you go back to last Thursday with the Sixers down 0-2 in this series to the Miami Heat, everybody in Philadelphia wanted to fire Doc Rivers. Fast forward through this past weekend, we're talking about the series being tied up, and now all the pressure seemingly being on the Miami Heat. We're guaranteed a sixth game in this series no matter what happens tonight. My question to you is, has Doc Rivers done enough to quiet all the noise surrounding his job security moving forward? I have to imagine, yes. And it's funny you say that as, you, as you're setting up that question. PJ and I were just down in Eric Spolstra's office about 10, 15 minutes ago, and you know, he characterized this series as really like three series in one. You know, you had uh, no Kyle Lowry, uh, then both guys come back. Now one guy's out, Lowry, and one guy is back, Embiid, to stay for tonight. And I think Eric also had mentioned how unpredictable the playoffs are and, and always have been. And same thing. One day the narrative is, uh, you know, you're on the hot seat and you're out of a job. And look at Mike Budenholzer last year. Perfect example. You know, uh, Kevin Durant. Hits a three-pointer and eliminates Milwaukee in the second round. Uh, you know he's probably looking for a job and doesn't have that championship ring with Milwaukee. And now they're the defending champs. So it's it's very fickle, right? How these stories change quickly. And you know if you take the temperature of at least the fans who have come in here early into the building tonight, they're they're a little concerned. You know, not having Kyle Lowry again tonight, and you know Joel Embiid is back, which he wasn't for the two games here. And next thing you know, maybe Doc's in um, in a much more comfortable position than he was just a few days ago. 
Barquette is here with the call tonight with P.J. Carlissimo here on ESPN Radio of the Sixers in the Heat, Game 5. What concerns Eric Spolstra about tonight? Well, I mean, off the bat, obviously, not having Kyle and all his experience that he brings on the court more than just, you know, running the show. Um, you know, he's such a vocal leader for them. And even when he wasn't on the floor, um, you know, he was still kind of an assistant coach on the floor in those first two games. So he'll still get that. But not having him out there directing. And, you know, look, Jimmy Butler, you know, handles the ball plenty for this team and initiates enough offense. So they'll move in there. But it's not only defending Embiid, who hasn't had, you know, the 40-10 and 10 MVP quality Embiid that we saw through most of the season. But as we talked about previously with Harden, as I'm watching him here right on top of the arc, just hit three-pointer after three-pointer after three-pointer. And he goes, we got two Hall of Famers we have to defend against. And you, you, you pay too much attention to one, and the other one's going to get you. So I think it's, uh, you know, enough offense, obviously. And the defense, they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. And, uh, you know, they gave up 116 to this team in Philadelphia in a big fourth quarter as well. So I think those are the concerns coming in and largely losing a guy like Lowry and all his experience. Kesty, talking with ESPN Radio play-by-play announcer Mark Kester on Kenny and Carlin. And, Kesty, I know you've covered some of the Suns' playoffs games during this postseason. And my question to you is, coming off of the, the poor games in Game 3 and Game 4 down in Dallas, is Chris Paul under the most pressure that he's been under this postseason? You know, I, I don't know how he feels pressure if it gets to him like it gets to most people. But we were thinking about that today. We almost had four 2-2 series, right? We got three of them. And if you look at those three game fives, who's feeling the most pressure? I mean, PJ and I did games one, two, and four in that series. So we've had a good sampling of the first four games. And they could not have looked any better, especially when CP and Book took over in the fourth quarter in game two. And then to have, you know, the heavy turnovers on his birthday and then the foul trouble, which, you know, could have went either way on most of those six fouls. And now you're coming home in a 2-2. I mean, I still think they're in a good spot. You know, Dallas is feeling much more better about themselves. Uh, but I think of all those 2-2 series that are out there right now, I think you would have a, you know, a real good example of that might be the most pressure right now at home 64 wins i think it was for them Mm -hmm. Uh, all they're thinking about is a championship right they were up 2-0 in the finals last year so the regular season is just get us back to where we need 16 wins and they did it and they did it spectacularly and now they lose two games where you know he doesn't play as well as he could he really was not able to get going because of the foul trouble last game and I, i think there's a whole bunch of pressure on him but i do wonder you know he processes pressure a little bit different than a lot of guys in the league that's ESPN Radio play-by-play announcer Mark Kester. Sir Kesty, we appreciate you jumping on with us and look forward to the call later on tonight. We look forward to bringing it to you, Chris. Chris, good to be on with you both. All right. That is the man, Mark Kester, who's on the call with P.J. Carlissimo for Heat Sixers Game 5. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. on most ESPN radio stations. Coming up next. The NFL gives us an early Christmas present. Carlin and I will talk to you about it. You're listening to ESPN Radio back after this. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. In Big Fella, the NFL is such a tease. But I like it. <laughs> I like it a whole lot. Why? Because they're giving us little snippets of the schedule, which will be ultimately unveiled this Thursday evening. And, of course, every network has these big NFL schedule release shows. But they did give us a little bit of a snippet, a little bit of a taste, and somewhat of an early Christmas present. Christmas comes in May. So, I mean, usually you don't hear about that in the summertime. But they announced that the Denver Broncos will be visiting the Los Angeles Rams on Christmas Day. How excited are you for that Oh, I matchup? love that. I, that, I mean, you, can you have a better Christmas Day game? That's up there. That, that's a pretty darn That's a I pretty mean, good one. I mean, you could, but you, you have a pretty good one right there. Late in the season, uh, implications to it, most certainly for both teams, you would think. Mm-hmm. I... I absolutely love that matchup, and I'm really I'm fascinated by the Rams this year. I feel like that their biggest concern could be a bit of a Super Bowl hangover. I I could see it just a little bit this year. I did they strike you as a team that beyond Aaron Donald is exceptionally hungry for a dynasty-type situation? No. Me neither. No. Like, they have enjoyed this championship. Oh, no doubt about Not it. Over I the mean, top. Think, think about it. You won a Super Bowl in L.A., and it was a star-studded event. Everybody and their mama was at that game, and you won. You found yourself holding up the Lombardi Trophy. So I think they're going on the rubber chicken dinner tour. Everybody's patting them on the back, telling them how great they are. They got Matt Stafford locked up. They're trying to address Cooper Cup's contract. They're going to give Aaron Donald more money. And as one of my former teammates, O.C. Humanure, used to say, it's hard to eat when you're full. Yeah. I feel like you can get a lot of that with the L.A. Rams. But looking at the other side of this matchup with the Denver Broncos, what are your expectations for them in year one with Russell Wilson? It's all about the coach to me. I think Wilson will fit in great, but what is Nathaniel Hackett? I love what they have at receiver. I have I have been waiting for somebody to truly unlock Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. I think Jerry Judy can be a top-notch receiver in the league. And they got two other guys that yeah. can ball, too, in Cortland Sutton, Sutton and Tim Patrick. Yep. I mean, uh, we don't hear about those guys, but no. they can play good ball. They just haven't had a quarterback to throw them the ball. And they've got a really good defense, even though they traded Miller last year. I... I'm all about what Nathaniel Hackett is going to be as a head coach. You have a guy like Wilson walk into this situation. Other times, the NFL wins on Christmas, the NBA loses. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
Coming down the home stretch on Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. And big fella, we got to give a shout out to the people that came through on the show today to help us out. My former teammate and now ESPN NFL analyst and co-host of the Swaggoo and Perk podcast, that will be one Marcus Spears. And then also our friend ESPN Radio play-by-play announcer Mark Kestisher, Mm. who's on the call for tonight's Game 5 between the Sixers and the Heat. If you missed any of that or some of the musings from Canty and Carlin, go to the podcast, download, rate, and subscribe. We greatly appreciate it. But, big fella, we have now reached a portion of our show where it's time for us to go three and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is... Three and out. And yes, we're starting three and out with the Rangers goalie Igor Shosturkin, who was out of the game by the third period for a second consecutive game in Pittsburgh. Let's just say for the guy that was announced as a finalist for the NHL's Vesna Trophy as the best goalie in all of hockey yesterday, wasn't exactly what you were looking for. Allowed five goals in a period, Carlin. Shosturkin back-to-back stinkers allowing a save percentage of, what, 80% as opposed to his season where he had a 93% save percentage. So not exactly what you would expect from a guy that seems like he's the favorite to win the Vezina. Yeah, and uh, listen, when you have two games like that, it puts your team in a terrible spot, and here the Rangers are in a terrible spot. I did not realize that Shesterkin was rushing for five holes. <laughs> Very nicely done. But on paper, I'll see myself this was out. one of those series where everybody felt like the Rangers should take care of in short order, and it just has not played they out like not that. Be down three and you so never want to hear your coach come out and call you soft, but that's exactly what Gerard Gallant did after yesterday's game where they got boat raced by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Look, I, for me, the Rangers to lose this series after their season would be a massive, massive disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. No question. Yeah. And maybe Barry Trotz could have been a better option. But I'm just, just going to put it out there. Just, maybe. Just put it out there. Just put it out there. I don't want to start I don't want to start stuff. But that's I'm just the, saying. Listen, I'll be honest. That's the extent of my hockey expertise. Oh, when you're done with it, you're over it? You're over it? Okay. I can't believe Lou fired Barry Trotz. I don't understand that, though. I don't understand it. I, that, I just, that's Lamarillo. I don't, I don't understand trigger, it. Man. I don't understand it. You I don't go understand to, you it You go to either. an Eastern Conference Finals and lose to the eventual ta- the eventual champs in the Lightning, and yet you're going to fire the guy. Doesn't make any sense to me, but nobody's going to question the greatness of Lou Lamarillo. We're talking about a completely different hockey franchise in the tri-state area, but since we're talking about multiple teams in the same metro area, Let's talk about Dallas, where apparently the mayor wants multiple NFL teams in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Carlin, where are you at with Jerry Jones potentially being on board with the second NFL team in Dallas? So we talked to Swagoo about this earlier. He doesn't think that Jerry Jones would ever let it happen. Mm. There's a lot of money to be made there. Ooh, there's so there, much there's money. There's so much money for Jerry to be made there. He owns AT&T Stadium. So, they're, I mean, you think about all the extra dates you're going to get there. And I just don't ever think that the Cowboys are going to be eclipsed in that market. Like, there are markets where you have two teams, but one is so clearly above the other. Like, I think any team that came into Dallas is would be very similar 
to what the Nets are in Brooklyn. Nobody in New York cares about the Nets, comparatively speaking, to the Knicks. Yeah. And there are a couple of places where you have two teams and it is pretty even. That would not be the case in Dallas. Carlin, the Dallas Cowboys are worth over $7 billion. It's 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 one of the most valuable franchises, if not the most valuable See, I, franchise in all the for sports. For that, because of what they are and because they're supposed to be America's team, I would never put an expansion team in Dallas. Why is that? Because I don't want another team there. You get you get to put a team out in Fort Worth and call them Fort Worth, whatever. I mean, I, I just I think the Cowboys are so synonymous with that city that I don't want to put any other team there. Could I put it somewhere else in Texas? Maybe, maybe. Well, I think Texas would be prime for it. I mean, Texas is one of the San large... Antonio would love to have. An well, NFL San Antonio is the seventh largest city in the country, so they could they could stomach it. Houston is the fourth largest city in the country, so I mean. There's the potential to have another another team in the state of Texas just because you have so many major metropolitan areas. It just seems like it would make sense. But, I mean, there's something about it. I mean, you wouldn't have to build a new stadium. You already have Jerry's World there. You could double the inventory that you have for NFL properties in the fall. I, I don't know. It just yeah. seems like Jerry Jones is a businessman before anything else. It makes a lot of sense in terms of the bottom line. You ever been to San Antonio? Yeah. We had training camp in San Antonio. Yeah. The Mexican there, the Mexican food there, oh, yeah. off the charts. Yeah. Blow your horns off. You don't have to tell me, Carlin. I used to spend a month of my life there for four You're straight telling years. telling the audience. I'm just telling you. I know, I know Listen, about that. I'm, I would know. I know about that. I know about that. Okay, <laughs> keeping it pushing to the nice matchups, Carlin. Do you have a play for us? I mean, we're, things we're have talk- been going so we're well. We're talking about the Sixers Heat, and the Heat are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Mavs, Suns, Suns, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Do you have a play for us tonight? I've always got a play for you. I mean, you Do only, you have a winning play? You only listen if you're interested in winning. That's up to you. Yeah. If you don't want to win, don't listen to me. Well, here's the thing. If you haven't been, if you're, if, you, if you're on a little bit of a cold streak, then go ahead and give us your play, and then our listeners can fade you, and that way they can actually make some money. See, I wouldn't call it a cold streak. I would just, uh, I would call it brisk. A winless streak? I would call it a brisk <laughs> Not a losing streak, a winless no. streak. No, I, exactly. It's semantics at this point. <laughs> I would uh, jump jump on the Miami Heat tonight, minus two and a half. The Miami Heat minus two and a half. Yeah. And then I would also jump on the Phoenix Suns. But I'm more tempted, and I know it's minus six and a half, so they're going to be, you know, that's a big number. I'm more tempted to jump on the money line on the Suns. Wow, that is interesting because I like the opposite of both of those picks. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Well, I'm going with both dogs tonight. Really? You, you like the Mavericks tonight? I like the Mavericks. I'm going with both dogs, yeah. I mean, so... I, yeah, I, I guess you're not interested in I, winning. I, I got a feeling. Do we have a Duncan Robinson sighting tonight for the Miami Heat? Yeah. Duncan Robinson plays 10 minutes, 8 points. Okay. I don't think he has more than that. Because I, I don't think that he's going to go in there and all of a sudden shoot the lights out. Will the real CP3 stand up? Yeah. Okay. 20 and 10 tonight. All right. Well, coming up next... We got Heat 76ers Game 5 from American Airlines Arena. Thank you, Chrissy's.